As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. While this is entertainment and while we all love the game and we all desperately want it to come back and we've missed it so much, this is also coming with like a lot of sacrifice. Brock Holt had a great Instagram post about, you know, leaving his wife who's pregnant and his young son at home. And it was kind of like, all right, I'm happy I had these three months and now I'm looking at possibly three months without them. You know, it is just gonna require a lot of buy-in from everybody involved in order for this to work. From the Fox 6 studios, this is definitely Milwaukee. Conversations with the movers and shakers that put our slice of Wisconsin on the map in the worlds of entertainment, business, sports, and more. I'm Carl Deffenbaugh. Play ball. Finally, like everyone else in 2020, the Milwaukee Brewers had to press pause when baseball suspended its season in March because of the pandemic. With a shortened season on the horizon, we check in with Sophia Minner to find out what we should expect from a 60-game slate that comes with plenty of rule changes and new faces on the roster. Minner has been part of the broadcast team on Fox Sports Wisconsin since 2013 and has a really interesting background, growing up as the daughter of a high school football coach in Madison and fluent in Spanish thanks to her Costa Rican mom. She also has plenty of good stories about Christian Yelich, Bob Euchre, and more. So let's step up to the plate with the Brew Crew's Sophia Minner. Very excited to be joined by Sophia Minnert here as we get to talk baseball, finally, as we're about halfway through, just past the halfway mark of what has been a year unlike any other, and certainly a season on the horizon that will be unlike any other. Sophia, first and foremost, uh, thanks a lot for joining us. Yeah, thanks for asking me to be on here. Uh, happy to do it, and happy to be talking baseball, finally. <laughs> yeah, right. I feel like uh, many of these that we've done recently, you kind of have to do a quarantine check-in. So what has the first part of 2020 been like for you? What have you been doing to fill the time as we all kind of waited for this shortened season to happen yeah um yeah it's been it's been quite a ride i'll be honest um you know just starting spring training and getting into the routine of it and people really excited about this brewer season and the 50th anniversary um a lot of turnover from the wildcard team a year ago and so there were a lot of really interesting storylines at spring training and we were getting to know a, a relatively new team with still a really great core of players that fans are familiar with and then obviously the, the pandemic happened and, and it was, you know, really unfortunate timing because I think everyone was in a really good place and you were two weeks from opening day and it felt like the start was really close. And so it was also odd because when we left Arizona, we didn't know how long, you know, we thought, oh, maybe we'd be back soon. Um, maybe we would see each other again in Milwaukee. And I don't think any of us could have expected that it would be this outcome. Um, where it's it's early July and we still haven't played a single game yet. So um, it's 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 been a challenge, right? Um, we've had to learn how to do our jobs differently. Um, we've had to check in with people differently. 
obviously waiting for an agreement to happen and a plan to come into place for Major League Baseball. And, and now I think we're, we're finally at that point. So now it's just um, fingers crossed that we can get through it. Outside of some of the work that you were still doing, uh, covering the team and whatnot and checking in on the players and whatever, what have you done to kind of fill the time? And, and what has this so much time at home and so much time uh, unlike any other been like for you? Yeah, well, it's really unusual because we're just we're not used to being home this much, period, um, let alone at this time of year. And so I think, you know, the positive side of it is that everybody got this extra time at home or with their families or just personal time um, that you otherwise wouldn't get at this time of year. So I, I tried to look at that as a positive. Um, I did a lot of walking with my dog, did a lot of reading. Um, this has forced me to do more cooking than I otherwise would, which is something I don't do much of during the season, admittedly. So kind of like everybody else, you know, I, I had my TV shows and my movies and I tried to do a lot of podcasts and books and work stuff. So just try to stay busy and stay productive and, um, you know, just make the best of it, I think. As we start gearing up for that season, uh, it's going to be very different than what we're normally used to seeing from Major League Baseball. So 60 games, there are some of the funky rule changes as well. The Brewers will have a DH again this year. What are you maybe most looking forward to? What among the many changes do you think will be uh, particularly interesting for fans and to cover? Gosh, I think just all of it is going to be new, right? I just think I, I, I hate to use the word unprecedented because I feel like that word has been so overused, but it's just so appropriate for this. Um, you know, Ryan Braun gave an interview recently where he said as much of, you know, even for as long as a player like Ryan Braun has been in the game, this is going to challenge a player like Ryan Braun. Um, it, this is just going to be so new for everyone from Craig Council, the way he manages just day to day, um, just the activities in the clubhouse, what a typical day is going to look like for a player and for a, a staff member, um, for the coaching staff. Um, I'm excited just to see games. Like I'm, I'm excited to get to a point where we can talk about like Brandon Woodruff throwing a quality start. I'm, I'm excited to get to a point where we can talk about Josh Hader striking out the side, Christian Yelich doing something crazy. Like, I hope that we can get to that point. I just think so much of the narrative of this season, right, is going to be just the newness, um, the challenges that are going to be put in front of these players and the staff in order to get through this, hopefully as healthy and safely as possible. And then there's obviously baseball. Like it almost, it feels like the baseball is, is almost secondary at this point. So I'm, I am excited to get to the point where we can talk about the baseball. Yeah, and some of those little things we're going to appreciate a lot more this year, that's for yeah, sure. I absolutely. do think in some ways with Craig Council, just the way he, his mind works and the way he's able to come up with all these different solutions and kind of new approaches to things, part of me thinks that he might be kind of excited for the problems he'll get to solve this year and some of the new challenges the, the team will face. Would you agree with that from, from knowing him much better than I do? Yeah, absolutely. I think if anyone's equipped to handle the craziness and how unusual this season is going to be, it's Craig. Um, he has probably the best temperament to manage something like this, just in terms of he is always steady, even. Um, he's measured. He's reliable. Uh, he's an excellent communicator. So I don't think there will be any surprises for the players in that regard in terms of the leadership that they get from Craig. I think he's 
he spends a lot of time thinking about how to best lead players through whatever is going on at the time and no different for this situation. Um, I, I do think he's like the best possible person. And then just baseball wise um, at the start, when they have 30 players, he's already shared, you know, they plan to have 16 or 17 pitchers. So that's going to feel like a September roster. And we know how well he manages in September, you know, with the last two years is evidence of that. So it's going to be really interesting baseball wise. I think just the decisions he'll be able to make. And I think this team is really built uh, to handle this because of the depth of their pitching staff, both in, in the starting rotation and in their bullpen, they'll be able to utilize that, you know, especially at the start when it's 30 players. And then also just um, having the, the DH now, like that's a way to get Ryan Braun in there every day. And they've got options aside from Ryan Braun. It could be Logan Morrison. It could be Keston Hira. It could be different players. Um, you know, he, whenever we had interleague series, he kind of treated it as a, a day off their feet for the position players. So I think, it, I think he'll, he'll maximize the matchups like he always does. You mentioned the roster turnover too, that we were all talking about back in spring training, which feels ages ago now. Is yeah. there a particular player uh, that you're especially excited to see how they fit in or, or someone that you think fans will really latch on to this year that may be new to the team? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot, there are a lot of new there's players. There's a lot to choose from. Um, yeah, there are a lot to choose from. I will say on the pitching side, I am most interested to see Josh Lindblom. Um, he was already such a great story when he signed with the team in December and he was in a good place at spring training. And, and I just think he comes from this like really interesting background of having been in Korea and now he's waited so long to get back to major league baseball. And now it's going to be a totally different set of circumstances, but I'm just, I'm really curious to see how his experience, his pitching, um, translates to the major leagues. Um, he's extremely confident. Um, and from what we saw at spring training, there's no reason for him not to be confident that it'll translate and he can, he can have that kind of success. Um, he's also just a great personality. He was wonderful to talk to and to get to know at spring training. Um, definitely like immersed himself right away into that clubhouse and with the rest of the pitching staff. And it just felt like such a natural fit. So I think he's one that I'm, I'm excited to watch. Cool. That's a good one to be on the lookout for. Not to be kind of a downer, but is, is there any concern for, for you, for the players with that travel? Like, have you thought about the fact that you will be kind of moving around way more than we have been during this time? And I know for some of the players, they had to make really hard decisions about their families, leaving wives and kids at yeah. home for their safety as they go out for a, a shortened season that does kind of expose them a little bit. Yeah, I think, I think that's one thing that fans need to keep in mind um, is that while this is entertainment and while we all love the game and we all desperately want it to come back and we've missed it so much, this is also coming with like a lot of sacrifice. And, and I think, you know, some of the players have, have put that like Brock Holt had a great Instagram post about, you know, leaving his wife who's pregnant and his young son at home. And it was kind of like, all right, I'm happy I had these three months and now I'm looking at possibly three months without them. So, um, it is this, this whole operation, um, you know, respective to the Brewers and, and all of the teams across Major League Baseball, it's going to require um, enormous cooperation, right? Abiding by the health and safety guidelines, kind of personal sacrifice, right? And, and I know there are so many other terrible things going on, but that's, 
you know, it is just going to require a lot of buy-in from everybody involved in order for this to work, right? Like um, for each player and, and staff member being accountable, each club, you know, trying to maintain those standards of the health and safety protocols as best as they can. That's really the only way that this is going to work. So I think everyone is hopeful. I think everyone is optimistic. And I think, you know, the realistic part is it's, it's a lot of work. Um, it's not going to be easy. There's obviously a lot of obstacles out there um, to navigate. So I think everyone is, is ready to do that. They're, they're committed to doing that and making this work. Yeah, that's well said and something to keep in the back of fans' minds for sure. Uh, is it going to be odd being in stadiums without fans for at least the beginning of this stretch? We'll see how long that goes. Absolutely, yeah. Um, it, it'll it be a little sad, I think, you know, especially at home at Miller Park where the fans are so loyal. Um, they are so supportive. They are great fans and that, you know, they get into the game at the right moments, right? And, and you feel that energy. Like, you feel that energy – um, you absolutely feel it on the field, I think, for the players and for the staff and even just as a broadcaster, right? And when you're watching at home, like, you feel the energy of a loud crowd or people on their feet um, for big moments. And I think that's what we're going to miss. There's no doubt that that gives you energy. Like, I don't care who you are. It gives you energy. And so I think that part will be hard. And that's going to weigh on people. You know, you're really going to have to be – proactive about, you know, I think on the field, bringing your own energy. I think the players are going to have to manage that and Craig and the staff are going to have to manage that and be aware of it. Um, you know, the hope is that maybe we could get fans in at some point, but we'll see. Um, again, that's, that's down the road, but we'll hope for the best. Love to switch gears a little bit to your background because it, it is such a cool one um, from both reading and then listening to some interviews that you've done about your family daughter of a, a high school football coach in Madison, your mom from Costa Rica, joined, growing up in a bilingual family. What did that upbringing do to kind of broaden your worldview and kind of set you on a path, uh, you think, to where you've gotten now? You know, it's funny because I was just, I was exposed to a lot of different things. And so I think that's just what's so necessary for kids, right? Is like, I didn't know any different, but I was growing up, you know, with my dad, I would go to school with him and like be in the weight room and be at practice and be at games. And, and he really allowed my brothers and I to be a part of that, you know, like to help him with stuff. I wonder how much we actually helped him. Um, you know, when we were like using the tackling dummies to build forts and like, you know, as our personal playground, but um, he really allowed us to be a part of it. He encouraged us to be a part of it. He put us in all kinds of sports. My mom was always extremely supportive of him and our family doing that too. And then, you know, with my mom of just going to Costa Rica every year, not twice a year to go see our family there, my grandparents, um, all my aunts and uncles and cousins, we have a really large family there. And we're the only ones that live in the US. So that time that we got to go down to, to Costa Rica was always really special to have that family time. And, you know, my mom also was really smart about having us speak Spanish all the time at home because she knew that was the best way that we were going to learn. And she was really adamant um, about us speaking Spanish at home and, and not losing that part of our family background. Um, and also just necessary to communicate with our family in Costa Rica. So as a kid, if you would have told me like all of these things would come together and I had to have a career in, in sports and you know, especially in a sport like Major League Baseball, where I get to use 
the Spanish element every day. Um, it all came together like really beautifully in, in, a, in a way that like nobody could have kind of designed. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of that perfect mix. Uh, I was curious about this too with, with football kind of being the family sport with your dad uh, as such an accomplished coach. As you got more and more into baseball during your career, is there something about the game that you've learned to love over the time that maybe you didn't know about it as you were getting going, but have come to really mm -hmm. appreciate it and enjoy about the game of baseball? Yeah, it's it's funny because I feel like the people that like knew me growing up, they were probably surprised. I think they would have expected me to follow football. They probably would have expected me to be covering football. And that just never really happened. Um, you know, for baseball, I think for me, I think just being in it every day and now coming up, hopefully this will be my eighth season. Um, you just learn so much more and you appreciate the game. And I think you respect the game so much more when you're in it every day and you see just the volume of work and repetition um, that goes into it. I mean, these players put themselves through a lot. Um, you know, the pressure to perform, uh, just the rigorous uh, um, schedule. And I think, I think you just grow to, to obviously learn more. And when you learn more about it, I think you just, you buy in more and you love it more. So I think that's, that's absolutely been the case for me. Yeah. Um, I'd love to just get in your head a little bit about the bilingual interviews that you do, because I'm always so impressed when you or other reporters that cover Major League Baseball are able to switch seamlessly from your normal role of interviewing and asking questions to also translating at the same time. So as someone who is terrible at Spanish and <laughs> did not do particularly well in school, does your mind shift? Does it, does your brain shift? How are you able to pull that off? Um, it did take me some time to figure out, I think, first of all, what made the most sense for the viewer, because I think it's a challenging dynamic. Um, it's a challenge to use a translator, right? Because then you've got three people, and you don't want to lose the viewer's interest. And so I think for me, the first step was figuring out, okay, what, what is the way that makes the most sense for the viewer? And so that's where I kind of came up with, I would ask the question in Spanish, have the player respond in Spanish, and then I would come back and I would translate, okay, I asked Orlando Arcia his approach at the plate for this home run, and he said, da 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 to me, that just made more sense because it felt like uh, a little bit more cohesive than if I were to ask the question in English, ask the question in Spanish, have them respond and then translate. I think that felt a little bit more choppy to me. So I do my best. Um, I will not say it's perfect all the time. Um, it's the hardest part is listening and remembering. And then I try to be as, as accurate as I possibly can because the last thing I want to do is, is misspeak on behalf of the player. Um, so I, I appreciate, and I, and I have to say that I do really appreciate the players trusting me with that, um, being comfortable with me to do that. I always, I ask them to keep me honest, right? Like, was, was that okay? Was that, you know, accurate? And, and if they don't like something, then I, I ask them to correct me. So I do appreciate um, their cooperation in it because I don't take that for granted that they trust me to do it. Well, I think they must appreciate and respect that so much. Uh, I'd be curious just to have that that outlet for them as well. But I'd be curious if there's any kind of funny stories that come to mind over the years of maybe a new player of the team who didn't realize you were bilingual or, or something mm -hmm. from those interviews, from those interactions that that has stuck with you. Yeah, that happened a lot because I didn't tell anyone really. Um, you know, it's, it's a weird thing. Like you don't like go up to somebody and say like, 
hi, so-and-so, like, oh, and by the way, I speak Spanish. Like, there's no natural way to do that. Um, And it's funny, even now, especially, like, this year at spring training, um, because we had so many new players, I just don't think about it. Like, so with our Latin guys, I'll speak Spanish with them just in conversation, because that's what they prefer. Um, Even if it's non-baseball stuff, just like, hey, how's your day? And... I'll have players kind of whip around and be like, wait, what? You, you know, you speak Spanish? And then I have to explain, well, well, my mom's Costa Rican and I grew up speaking Spanish. So, yeah, I mean, at the start, um, when I first joined Fox, I didn't really know how to handle it. Um, and then the players kind of figured it out because I think I laughed at something that they said. And they were like, wait, you, it was, I think it was Carlos Gomez. He was like, wait, you speak Spanish, don't you? You understand what we're saying. And I said, yeah, I do. And, and then weirdly, I never had to really address it again. Um, somehow, you know, now I think they, it's probably shared um, in the clubhouse or honestly, I've just, I've been around so long now that they're just, they're used to me. So um, you know they can't sneak anything is, by you then either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> How do you look at your role? Cause uh, people will see the reports that you do during the games, the interviews before and after mm-hmm. things like that. But what do we not see in terms of how you're impacting the broadcast, what you're bringing to the play-by-play guys and the analysts during the course of a game? I guess I see my job as like always, what can I add to the broadcast? And this is where I have to give credit to Brian Anderson and Bill Schroeder and, and, and Matt LePay and, and Craig Kashan if they're doing play-by-play as well, because it really is a cohesive team effort in terms of what happens on our broadcast every night. Um, there is a lot of work that happens that people don't see um, in terms of notes that we're looking up, um, a lot of conversations that may not even make the air, um, you know, just constantly checking in on like, what is the news of that day? But also in baseball, you're always working ahead to the next day, the next series, the next road trip, the next homestand. Um, you're trying to kind of stay on top of everything. And then you're trying to keep track of what the minor league players are doing. And um, if there's community stuff going on with Brewers Community Foundation. So we try to be really, um, we are, we're very thorough, you know, in how we present the games. We, we want to be informative. We want to be entertaining. We like to have fun. Um, we are entertainment at the end of the day. So um, we try to do a mix of that and we try to be fair in terms of how we call the games. So for me, I always, um, I always just approach it of what can I add to the broadcast, whether it's interviews, sound bites, conversations, graphics. Um, you know, we all collaborate with our producers, directors, graphics, people, video. I mean, it's, it is a coordinated circus that happens in a production truck to put on our, our pregame shows, the games, and then our postgame shows. So it's very collaborative. Um, we all need each other to do our jobs. And, and BA and Rock, um, they've always been extremely inclusive. Of They basically just kind of treat it like I have an open mic and, and I can add uh, when it's appropriate. Yeah, it certainly comes through from a viewer's perspective as well. Uh, another question I was curious about just being in 
sort of broader industry like you, a lot of people move around and bounce all over the place. And you've been here for a nice long stretch here. And of course, going back to your time in Marquette, growing up in Madison, uh, very much a Wisconsinite. What yeah. has what has kept you here for those years? Besides just a great opportunity with a, a wonderful organization, what has kept you here? And maybe what goals do you have for yourself career-wise going forward? I know you got to expand a, a lot of what you do with some of the ties in with the brewers now on the digital side. So I'd just be curious yeah. about what you're shooting for, what you're looking for down the road. This is a crazy um, industry. You know, when you, when I graduated from Marquette, my plan was just to get a job wherever that was. And, and it happened to be in Madison. Um, So I I started working there and then that opened an opportunity at at Fox in 2012. And even then I didn't know how long I would be there and I'm obviously still here. So you couldn't really design that. You know, I I tell people that all the time when they want to go into sports media, I I tell them, I'm like, you have to be willing to go where the jobs are. Um, and, and you can't always choose where you want to be. So for me, I feel extremely lucky that it has worked out this way. Um, to be in my home market, so to speak, you know, covering teams that I grew up watching, um, working with fantastic people. Like I could not ask for a better group of people to work with and, and teams, right? Like these teams are fun to watch now. Really, really fun to watch both Brewers and Bucks. And, and I do a, a Marquette basketball show with them during their season with, with Coach Wojciechowski. So I just, it's home for me. Um, it would take a lot for me to leave. That being said, I don't know what's going to happen in the future, especially now. So I'm grateful for as long as I've been here. I couldn't have designed it this way. Um, I'll stay as long as I can. <laughs> um, I, I do like it here a lot. It is home for me. I love these teams. Um, I love the organization that I work for, but you just don't know what's going to happen down the road. So I'm just, I'm enjoying this. Honestly, I'm enjoying this for as long as I can, um, knowing that it could change at any time. It does seem like a really fun team to be around, uh, certainly on a daily basis, like like you are as well. Uh, I'd love to do some quick hitters here, as you've been very kind with the time. Um, Christian Yelich sure. is a guy who obviously is one of the best in his business. Um, anything that sticks out to you, about him or any good stories from his first couple of years here where he comes to Milwaukee and you realize like, whoa, this, this guy is something special. Yeah. I think just, he is a relentless worker. Um, he is, he is relentless in the work that he puts in every day, which is why you see the results that you do um, on the field. What stands out for me is like when he gets the attention of like really elite players, right? Like when you have, players like Ryan Braun and Lorenzo Cain, players who have terrific resumes on their own. Locain has won a World Series. Ryan has been, you know, a, a fantastic player for over 10 years. When you get players like that impressed by what you're doing, that to me is a sign that like you're on another level. And he does that regularly, you know, where even they kind of run out of words to be like, well, I, he's just out of this world, right? So I think that's what stands out to me is like when, when what he's doing gets the attention of like the other elite players. This is the radio side, not the, the TV side, but do you have a great Euchre story? I'm sure everyone asks you this all the time. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, every day with him is just, um, that's another thing I don't take for granted. Um, just being around him and, and working with him every day. There's so many. I think just honestly the best part, and this was a couple years ago when he was traveling, was just typically the broadcasters would be on the second bus because we don't need to be there on the first bus as early as the players are. And so just those bus rides with him were like he would just tell stories and like 
you know, the phone calls that he gets and you're like, wait, this person's really calling you. And then he'll put them on speakerphone and you're like, what world am I living in? Like, how did I end up on this bus with Bob Euchre and like this wildly famous person is calling him? Um, so I think that's just what I'll remember. And, and, and Bob doesn't travel with us anymore, but I think I'll just always remember like those bus rides with him of going into the stadium. Um, and, and it does energize you because you think like, I got no reason to be tired if Bob is now 86 years old and still doing this and still loves it and still has so much energy and passion for the job. It does energize you like yeah. to be around that every day. Feel free to name drop if you want to mention one of the particularly famous people. No, I don't want to, I don't want to do that to Bob. He'll, I don't want to upset him, but uh, he's just, I and mean, he knows everybody. Yeah. It's insane. You're a good teammate. <laughs> Keep it his secrets. Um, how about somebody else on the team that, that maybe fans wouldn't necessarily first come to mind, but you just love as a, as a character, as a personality, somebody to interact with? There are so many, honestly. We have such a good clubhouse. Um, just really, really good guys. Uh, trying to think. I think one guy that always just makes you happy, no matter what is going on that day, is Freddie Peralta. Like, Freddie just has this energy that I, I describe as being like a puppy, you know? Like, he just, he has just really beautiful, pure, like, happiness to him. Um, no matter what is going on, like, whether it's, something you know if he's had a bad outing or the team's not playing well or it's a rough homestand whatever's going on um I feel like he's one of those people that is just always positive always has a smile on his face and he has one of those like infectious smiles where like when Freddie smiles you want to smile um he just I think he's just one of those guys that no matter what is going on he's he's the same guy and he's happy and he's optimistic and he's like just happy to be there yeah that's cool to hear. Um, outside of baseball, I know that's where most of your time gets spent, uh, especially when you're in the middle of a season. Yeah. But what do you do for fun? What do you do to kind of let loose or, or just enjoy yourself in Milwaukee when you're not covering games, not traveling with the team? Yeah. Um, I mean, reintroduce myself to my family and friends. Uh, <laughs> that's, usually, that's usually a good start. Um, I like, I mean, I like to work out. I think that just helps me stay healthy and stay in a good place. Um, I like to go for like walks on the lakefront or just around the city. I've done a lot of that um, during this time. It's fun. Sometimes I wander and I'm like, I didn't even know this was here. <laughs> like, <laughs> or you find new things or whatever. So I, I enjoy that. Um, restaurants, you know, here in Milwaukee, I like visiting a bunch of those or trying new places. Um, going to Bucks games and Marquette games, you know, it's fun. It's fun for me to go to games as fan as a fan when I don't have to work. So that I always enjoy. Um, so yeah, just a little bit of everything. Yeah. Any favorite spots, restaurant wise, that uh, either pre quarantine or ones that you've enjoyed during the the takeout phases? Yeah, um, I love I love Buckley's. Um, I love San Giorgio Pizza. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. I love Botanas um over in walker's point so yeah i've got i got a bunch of different favorites got your favorites yeah um many of us myself included very excited to travel again whenever that is do you have a, a yeah. place that we need to go whether it's a, a costa rican favorite with all your time down there or somewhere else you've gotten to explore that you think should be top of someone's list oh i'll definitely say costa rica i mean the tourism there has just gone through the roof in probably the last 10 years 15 years or so 
um, which I'm, I'm thrilled to see. Um, it's, it's an absolutely beautiful country. And, and I think the best part is that it offers something for everyone. Um, if you want to spend five days on a beach, you can go do that. You can do deep sea fishing. You can golf. You can horseback ride, zip line. You can stay in a rainforest. You can visit volcanoes, um, national parks. So I think it really offers something for everyone. You can make the trip what you want it to be. Um, I just, I love it. It's, it's beautiful. The people are really friendly. Um, they're kind and, um, it's safe and, and it's just, it's fun. I, I, I've yet to hear somebody go to Costa Rica and say that they had a bad time. So that always makes me really happy when I hear that people go and, and they love their experience. All right. Final question as we wrap up here. Uh, what are you most looking forward to besides just covering games for this, this shortened brewer season? What will we uh, maybe be talking about at the end of that 60 game run with this year's squad? I think one thing, you know, that we were talking about a lot at spring training was just the fact that the brewers have never made three straight postseasons. And obviously the circumstances for this are, are extremely challenging. Um, considering the pandemic and the suspended spring training. And now we've got summer camp and we're going to try to get 60 games in and get to a postseason. So I think that's going to still be a goal. Like, it, yeah, I know, again, once we get into actual baseball, I think that will absolutely be the goal of this team. And I think that was something that was on the minds of the front office and Craig council and the players is they, they're proud of what they've done the last two years, but I mean, sustained success, three straight postseason trips would be would be a great indication of that. Thank you for all the time and uh, wish you nothing but health and happiness this season. Hope things go well for you and for the team as well. Thanks for the time. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on and uh, hopefully we'll see you at a ballpark soon. <laughs> That will do it for another episode of Definitely Milwaukee. Thank you once again to Sophia Minert for all the time and can't wait to see her on Brewers broadcasts again soon. And a thank you as well to two people behind the scenes who you don't get to see or hear from. That would be Dave Machuda and Sarah Smith, who do so much to make this podcast possible, as well as the other podcast from Fox 6 and the Fox 6 Investigators, Open Record. You can find those episodes as well as past episodes of Definitely Milwaukee on any of your favorite podcast streaming services. And please make sure to leave us a rating and a review, or you can check in anytime on our website, fox6now.com. 